On today's episode of Living My Breastless Life, we have guest Sam Sinet, who is a licensed clinical social worker and certified life coach. Sam is the owner of Sam Sinet Coaching, and we are going to dive into confidence. So let's go. Welcome to Living My Breastless Life podcast. I'm your host, HPG. In season two, you'll continue to hear about how we can heal no matter what we go through, some tips and truths for self-improvement, and some little nuggets of wisdom for finding yourself on your path. I'll be hosting some mini-sodes, interviewing some awesome guests, and of course, some episodes with my occasional co-host, Martha. So let's go. How would you define confidence? For me, having confidence is just sort of deciding that you are enough and believing that you deserve to be seen and allowing yourself to be seen and your strengths to be acknowledged in the world. I think a confident person really values their opinion of themselves way above and beyond what others think about them. Um, but yeah, I think it starts with just believing that you're enough and you deserve to be seen and then allowing that to happen. Awesome. I like that definition. I like when you say, you know, allowing that to happen. What are some barriers do you think that people have that do not allow them to, to show their selves so that other people can see them. Social media is to me is one of the most obvious social media is just, it can constantly trigger those self-comparison thoughts. And, you know, maybe you go into social media thinking, oh, I'm going to post this thing about myself because I'm proud of it. But then you start scrolling and you see something else from someone else and you immediately diminish your achievements or whatever you wanted to share. You make your voice small. So I think social media is a big one. I also think like most things, how we grew up, our upbringing, what messages we receive from our family and from our caretakers about um, our abilities, our teachers, even, you know, our skill set. I think that can really get in the way. I think there are also people who in the past have put themselves out there and they experience rejection and they didn't know how to handle rejection. And they saw rejection as being a reflection of something about themselves versus just a pretty typical part of the human experience, right? We all experience rejection at some point in time in our life and usually multiple times. So I think those are the three things that maybe I see my clients, you know, coming to me and and I guess having struggled with in the past if they're dealing with confidence and and self-esteem issues. So. Yeah, most definitely, you know, comparison is the thief of, of joy, but to ground yourself and anchor yourself and that, you know, that's not real is a huge challenge. And social media does show like, you know, how like on Instagram, there was this trend a couple years ago, like Instagram versus reality. Like maybe we should bring that back. True. I agree. I totally agree. I've been working on even trying to not use filters and things like that as much, even though for me, it's not necessarily like I feel better about myself with a filter. It's more, it's more or less, I just use them because I think they're fun. But even Mm -hmm. that I know for people that are 
really trying to build up their confidence, they're tricked, you know, with filters and things like that. So we know confidence ebbs and flows, right? And in my experience as, as a cancer survivor after losing hair and eyebrows and, you know, kind of coming out of this really interesting, like external and internal shedding of in some way, like trying to, to rebuild from that point at this current state of my life is, is somewhat difficult. So I'm glad that we're able to talk about it a little bit because it does ebb and flow. And I just turned 43, like I'm in menopause. There's all these other like factors that can, can contribute to external internal confidence. What are some tips that you've seen effective in your work with your clients that that can be helpful to improve like external confidence. And when, when I say that, I mean how you feel about the way that you look. That's a really good question. So the first thing that comes to mind is practicing self-compassion. Um, self-compassion is a sector of the mental health field that isn't talked about that much. It's kind of in the realm of positive psychology, if you will. Um, and there is a researcher named Kristen, Kristen Neff. She's out of the University of Texas at Austin. And she is the guru in all things self-compassion. And self-compassion is pretty much what it sounds like, giving yourself compassion. We're really, you know, most people are pretty good at having compassion for others. Um, but the idea is that you treat yourself like you would your best friend. And some of the elements of self-compassion are common humanity so recognizing that you are a person in the world and you exist with others and that you are not alone. Um, mindfulness. So just staying in the present moment and working on, you know, not being stuck in the past, but also not getting carried away into the future. And then the third element of it is self-kindness. So of course, just literally being nice to yourself. You know, if you are already struggling with something in your life, is it necessary to continue to berate yourself or is it enough to just acknowledge, Hey, I'm struggling with this. So there are lots of ways that you can practice self-compassion. There's a whole website on it. It's a big part of my work. I think both as a mental health professional and as a life coach is educating my clients on the power of this. And so I think that that's something that people can put into practice now um, to just start working on their confidence. Have you heard of self-compassion before? in this way? I'm thinking, I actually have not heard about that. I really like that. I will make sure to link the website of the person that you mentioned so that folks can find that. that also, that's, that's a really interesting way to look at it, like self-compassion instead of like giving yourself grace. I like that. Yeah. I like that phrase and you're right. I think that's the more common phrase that people are familiar with, but it's just one of those ambiguous things where it's like, well, what does that actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> and how do I know I'm giving myself grace versus just leeway? I'm giving myself a pass. So anyways, yeah, self-compassion is really applicable. You can truly practice it. And um, it's, you know, it's just about like nurturing and soothing yourself and loving yourself through something really difficult instead of just trying to focus on changing it or do, you know, just embracing sometimes the fact that we all suffer and that you know, those feelings are strong and they don't last forever. So taking care of yourself when you have those bad days. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would just say is reflect on who you're, who you surround yourself with. 
I really do believe that we are who we hang out with. That's something that my mom told me from really young in childhood. And, you know, I just think it's important to look at whoever you spend most of your time with, what do they value? How do they make you feel when you're around them? And when you leave, you know, sometimes I've, I've had friends or people in the past where I've had a really good time hanging out with them. But then as soon as I'm on the drive home, I start thinking, damn, I don't feel so good Mm. right now. Or this person said that thing. And now it's really starting to sink in. I, I believe in giving people the benefit of the doubt. And if you're, if who you would consider to be your support system is impacting your confidence, you have to recognize that and be open to either finding other ways to get support or finding new people. Um, but there are really superficial people out there. There are people who are really obsessed with appearance and, you know, we are all on our own journeys and it's important to be able to, you know, be around people with different thoughts and feelings than, than we, than we have. And at the same time, if you're consistently spending time with people who are constantly making you second guess or question aspects of your being, how can you actually ever feel good about yourself? So I think that's another big way you can work on your confidence is working on your support system. I talk about this a lot in terms of being sober and like getting in community around that. Like you really do find your people and yeah, like you would never think that you would make really good supportive friends that are halfway across the country and you do and you can. I like how you mentioned, you know, like on your way home, you might be reflecting, like, how do you feel? Like just paying attention to like when you leave a social situation, like how do you feel in your body? Like how did that hit with you after the fact? Not in a case of overthinking per se, but just reflecting on like, hmm, did I, something that's been going through my mind lately is like be around people who make you feel like sunshine. And I think that could be like a gauge of like, did I feel a little bit like sunshine with this person or did I not? And like, really listen to what your intuition is telling you. Yeah. One of my clients right now, she, she says something similar. She's like always on the quest to find what sparks joy for her. And she's like, if it just, just doesn't give me that like instant, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the sound of that would be, but just that really feel good. warm, Yeah. Sunshine, like that warm feeling, then it's, you know, it may not be something worth continuing to spend time on right now. So yeah, that's a really good one. And what's your third thought? For me, when I decided I was going to work on being a more confident person, I started getting ready in the morning like I actually had somewhere to be. I work from home a lot, so it's really easy for me to just slug around the house and, you know, be a party from what the belly up <laughs> and then from the waist down just whatever sweatpants and whatever. I can use even filters on Zoom to make my appearance look a certain way, look a little bit more together and things like that. But I decided to just start getting ready like I had somewhere to be. And there were times when I really needed to pull myself out of the pit where I got ready like I had the most important meeting of my life to go to, even if it was literally just from my bathroom to where I'm sitting right now. Those little things like literally taking care of your hygiene, making that a priority, giving yourself enough space in the morning to 
come into your day, I think can really help you just feel good. And you, you know, at least have some neutrality when you look in the mirror. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm so excited to be myself today. But at least being able to look at yourself and be okay, you know, with what you see looking back at you. And a, a simple way we do that is just by getting ready in the morning. I struggled a lot with that at the beginning of the pandemic. We had our baby. And then you just get in this routine of getting ready for the day. And then, you know, a lot of things start falling off. So I like that. Get ready as if you're going to the most important meeting of your life. That's a really good way to look at it because a lot of us do work from home now and we can fall into that. Eh, I'll do it tomorrow. Eh, but our routines are extremely, extremely important in our lives. So what's going on in Sam's world? That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot is going on in your world, but just a loaded question. Yeah. A couple things. I am in a season of my life right now where I am really working on the balance of being present with the people I love the most more. I so I just turned 30 in November and you know, that's a big decade. It's a big age. So doing a lot of reflecting on my twenties and just recognizing that I am a fast paced person and I like to go, go, go and do, do, do. And my career kind of shows for itself on that one. I'm not married. I don't have kids. And I have a really unique family situation with my younger brother being severely disabled and my mom having some of her own health issues from caregiving from for him for so long. And I need to be more present in my family. And so I'm doing a lot of things in my business right now to set up me being able to, you said ebb and flow earlier, really like ebb and flow out of my business without sacrificing the level of care and um, quality of, you know, services that I provide to my clients. So right now, I have a coaching membership that's a monthly membership. Um, And I really made it thinking about what do I need in this season of my life? Like there are months when I, I just have so many things on the calendar that getting a couple hours to myself just to take care of myself, you know, think about what I want to work on, think about what I need is hard. So I designed um, a membership called the the golden hour where um, myself and my clients get together once a month and we focus on a specific area of our life. We connect with each other and we put in intentional work around that area. Um, So that's been really fun for me. It's a way for me to support many people at one time. And it also is beneficial for them because they get to meet people who are actually really positive, good people. Uh, good for the soul people, which, you know, like I was saying earlier, who you surround yourself with matters. And so for some of my clients who live in rural areas, or they just aren't in a space where they have access to really good supports, this is one time a month that they know somebody else has their back. So that's something that I'm working on. Um, I'm also doing a lot of trainings in trauma-informed care these days to service providers that's really important to me. I think, especially after the pandemic, we all went through global trauma on top of all the individual stuff we were dealing with and we're still going through it. So I have been, um, yeah, just providing a lot of trainings in that. And that's been really, really fun for me. And again, 
it's where I can go and I can work with groups of people, you know, in a shorter amount of time and make, uh, you know, bigger impact. So that's kind of where I'm going with my business. I still see clients one-on-one, but the availability is a lot less just because again, I need to be a little bit more present with my family. So I'm kind of moving in the direction of more people, less amount of time, but still in these really powerful ways where people can get the support that they need and, you know, feel taken care of. And it's really different for me because being trained as a therapist is I've been trained to do things one-on-one and really feel like that's the most powerful form of support, but it's one form of support, but it's not the only. I love the the community aspect because it is so important to get in community with like-minded folk. It is the key to how I did all the things I've done in the past three years. And I had to swallow a good bit of my ego in order to do that. But I didn't realize I was doing that at the time. It's funny how that works, right? Right. <laughs> and like, I think that's awesome that you're able to do the, you know, leading the group and, and working with a group because I think, and this is not about confidence, but this is definitely a topic for another day that the trauma-informed aspect of what we just went through as a collective, and there needs to be support around that in terms of people who are having the comorbidity of isolation is related to the pandemic. But I'll table that, and maybe you can come back on and talk about that another day. Because if you can't tell, I feel incredibly passionate about that. Oh, yes. Yes. And (laughs) um, yeah, so I will link your information um, in the show notes, but just really quickly, like if someone's listening and they want to pop over to find more information about the golden hour, what's the, what's the best path for them to, to do that? Honestly, the fastest way you're going to get a hold of me about anything uh, is through Instagram. So it's just going to be, um, going to Instagram, putting in my handle. It's that's what Sam underscore said. That's what Sam underscore said. I have posts and reels and everything about all the different offers that I have. Um, and that that's just where all of my coaching life lives. <laughs> so, and I always, you know, my DMS are open. I'm not, um, I'm not somebody that like forces people. Oh, you can only get a hold of me. if you, you know, um, you can message me anytime. So. Well, thank you so much. And I'll make yeah. sure to link all this in the show notes as well. Thank you. You're welcome. This was so fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living My Breastless Life. Head over to Instagram and follow According to HPG to stay connected to the show. Go get your mammograms. All right, y'all. The podcast has its very own Instagram. Living my BLL pod. So go check it out and give us a follow.